This is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. Today's guest is Brooklyn, New York-based writer, trend forecaster, content creator, and analyst Mandy Lee. If you're a regular TikTok user, then you'll likely know her as Old Loser in Brooklyn. She's been doing this for over seven years, but since February 2021, she's really honed in on fashion content. And since then, she's built up over 400,000 followers on TikTok in a bid to bring things back to real research, real context. She's amazing at critiquing trends from, you know, their very beginning from like a tiny seed into just how big they could grow. And what I love is that she's really dedicated to sharing the why and actually finding out the why. It's not throwaway content at all. As Mandy herself says, trend forecasting has become a trend in itself. And as I mentioned, she's been doing this for seven years. I first read about her in US Vogue and she was an instant follow for me. We soon got talking after she stitched one of my TikToks. I actually couldn't believe it because I woke up one morning and 25,000 people had seen my TikTok and I don't have many followers at all. I couldn't believe Mandy had stitched my video, but she wanted to answer a question that she said herself. She's been pondering for a while the question of whether supermodels exist anymore. My video is very much focused on the 90s era of the legends like Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, and Mandy was bringing that right up to date for her followers. So we got chatting in the DMs after that. I had to let her know just I was so grateful for her sharing my content. And thankfully she said yes, because I really thought she would make a brilliant guest and I was not wrong. Mandy can get so much information in a TikTok. You can imagine how much information she shares with me in this hour-long conversation. As per usual, I'm definitely going to ask Mandy about her skincare, her morning routine, but we're also going to get into why she chose to even start sharing her knowledge and expertise on TikTok. And she's also very upfront about how annoying it can be when people plagiarize your work. Along the way, we discuss the good old Tumblr days, what we referred to as the positive side of Tumblr, and why she'll always be the cute girl, never the hot girl. And she's good with that. Before we get into it, I should let you know that Mandy just say a couple of swear words, curse words, whatever you want to call them. Let's get into it. I've never been an early riser. Um, even when I was working nine to five, like I would wait until the last second to roll out of bed. And that's still, I still haven't found a way to break that habit. Um, so I usually get up around nine, take out the dog, and then I'll wash my face. Um, I don't shower really in the morning unless I'm in like a really bad mood. Like <laughs> when I heard about what Kanye did to Gabriella, I was like in such, I think I took three showers that day because I was so pissed off and I needed to not look at my phone. But yeah, I'm a night showerer. But yeah, that's really, I really keep it simple. Um, some days I do my makeup. Some days I'll wait until the afternoon um, when I'm filming. I didn't have time to put makeup on this morning. Um, so I just washed my face, did my sunscreen and stuff. Um, and that's it. Can I ask you what products you used? 
Yeah. So I'm a, I've been using this, it's like a cleansing balm for like five or six years. It's called Clean It Zero. It's my favorite makeup remover ever because you can use it with a washcloth or just with your hands. Um, the texture is really good for, you know, like multiple uses. So I'm, that's a product that I am never without. And then like as far as oils, retinols, uh, moisturizers, those all rotate and change. I'm not super loyal to any in those categories, but I'm a diehard Biology P50 user, like diehard. Um, that is one product that also I can never, I literally can never live without it. But yeah, everything else is in flux. I try not to splurge on skincare because I've tried, like I used to have cystic acne and I was on Accutane like in my mid twenties. So the memory is still fresh about how Mm. so many products work really similar. Like I think especially with retinols and moisturizers, like I don't really splurge on them because I, I don't know. I think like a CeraVe moisturizer is just as good as, I don't know, something much more uh, premium. P50 isn't cheap. Let's not let the listeners think that it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, P50, I will splurge on. I don't care how much they price it at. Like, I cannot be without that product. But, um, but honestly, can... one big bottle lasts a while, like eight months. Okay, but tell me why you love it, because I obviously I hear a lot of people talking about it, but I'd love to know your personal take on it for you to splurge on that, but not somewhere else. I don't know. Like, I think now skincare is treated as like, it's like in the self-care, like wellness category. It didn't used to be so popular. Um, I, I had a lot of friends that didn't even use sunscreen back in the day. Like the warnings and the prevention wasn't really talked about that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been a diehard skincare user. My tastes have changed over time, but that's how I found out about P50 was through like, uh, I don't even, it might've been like a Reddit forum for acne, but why I continue to use it, it gets rid of scars for me anyway. Like this is just a personal anecdote, but that stuff healed my acne scars after I got off Accutane in like three months. Like even some of my, I had like a couple ice pick scars, not super severe, I would say, Mm -hmm. but they were ice pick scars and I I do not have them anymore. Like they are, they are flat and I, I have, I haven't done anything. Like I've never done lasers. I've got, I haven't gotten a facial in like three years. Like I don't do Botox P50 is like, it replaces all of that stuff for me. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just magic. Obviously not sponsored. They, they don't know who I am. Um, but I always end up sounding like a salesperson when I talk about it. No, I love it because I, I have acne on and off all the time, hormonal. It's like I was, I woke up today and I was like, I'm recording today. And I was like, Oh, hi, brand new right in there you know like and I'm just like I'm going to wear my glasses today to hide (laughs) distract so whenever someone talks about personal experience of acne I will always listen because as you said skincare's changed so much it wasn't for everybody you either had acne prone skin that needed help or you had great skin it felt like 
Yeah, and like a splash of water, and yes, that be it. Yeah. I'm glad I suffered, honestly, because I'm better off for it. Like, I've been wearing sunscreen since I was 16. Like, I, I know how to take care of my skin. Um, and I have since I was a kid, basically, because I had acne. So I, I'm, I'm glad I fell into that category because, you know, I, I, I am kind of a lazy girl uh, with that stuff. So I could definitely see going down a path of you know, splash water and go about your day. So I'm oh. glad I suffered, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I'm going to try and think of it that way. Well, gonna, I, I think you're better for it. Like, you know more, yeah. you're, you've gone through trial and error of what works. Um, and for me anyway, like, I I still have to be on top of my shit or my acne will come back. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It feels like there's no days off. I, I know if I change something for a couple of days in a row, like maybe I don't do a double cleanse. Yeah. That will show. And it's amazing. But it, it's just, you get to know your skin. I think you're right. It's like there's a, there is a, there is a positive to it, positive side to it because you get to know your skin so much more than say the average person who just splashes their face, goes out the door. And then 20 years later, they're like, whoa, I've got fine lines. I've got this. Like, I can't right. deal. Right. And I mean, I'm 31. I've had Botox once three years ago. It just, I just didn't think it was worth it really. And I really think that's because I've been on top of my skin since I was a teenager. Um, I'll, I'll definitely get it again, but I don't see the need at this point. I'm at the age now where Botox is like acceptable, quote unquote, where it's like, yes. you don't have to defend it. Um, I Kim Kardashian changed that personally. I remember it always used to be this thing that once you're like in your 40s, 50s, it's Botox time. And I remember yeah. watching Kim Kardashian, you know, like her evolution. And then all of a sudden it was like 28-year-olds getting Botox and then 24-year-olds because maybe they had 11s, you know, really early. And yeah. now it's just part of our conversation. Yeah, and I have a lot of feelings about it um I don't know I do feel like it's weird it really is weird seeing 23 year olds getting baby Botox or preventative Botox um I don't know like I just feel like I didn't care about how I looked when I was in my early 20s like in a good way where it's like mm -hmm. I was confident and I didn't think of these things, like, how do I make myself look prettier? How do I make myself look younger? Like, those thoughts didn't really happen until I turned 30, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how, like, ingrained these, like, treatments are from such an early age. And I'm, again, like, really glad I grew up knowing what I know about skincare. Mm -hmm. Because I, I don't know, like, the beauty standard has really, like, it's changed a lot. It really has. Like, Instagram face is the face. But I don't know why. I just, like, you. if you watch my videos, you definitely notice it in my content. But I don't like following the train. Like, I don't like hopping on just because, like, people are saying, like, I sometimes avoid it on purpose. Mm. And with, like, beauty and treatments and living in New York and having access to all of that. I just don't care. It is not important to me 
And I don't know, like, I really, it does make me feel like sad that 23 year olds are getting filler and Botox. Like it's, you are beautiful. You are, you have the best skin of your life right now. Like enjoy it. can't get any better. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's not as though I don't think there are any studies on people that started getting Botox mid twenties and then 30 years later, how does it affect how the face naturally starts to move? Because obviously filler and Botox, they don't last for years. They last, what, six to nine months at a time. But you keep going, you keep going if you're into that, you know, that maintenance. Yeah. What is the tipping point where, is there any kind of buildup when you've been doing it for 10 plus years? Will it start to affect your facial structure? I don't know. And I get that whole prevention's better than cure, but I don't think that applies to putting things in your face. I think it's more like, stay in tune with your skin like you are you know you know what works for your skin touch your skin feel how it changes and then maybe go and get advice but like you said instagram face i did an episode featuring that uh she was a nurse practitioner and she did some photoshop on natalia dyer from stranger things i don't know oh, if you saw oh it. yes i did see that i'd give her that perfect pointy chin i'd do this and that and then it made me sad because I realized what she wanted to do to Natalia, she'd already done to herself. She'd already completely transformed herself. Yeah. And I was like, there must be something more to that, that you feel you've got to now fit. You, you're fitting that ideal, the Instagram face, and you're actually you're passing it on. Is that right? That <laughs> You're just. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, it's your money. It's your face. Do whatever, do whatever you want. Like, that's, it's not like gatekeeping for like, I'm not, everyone knows about Botox. Everyone's getting Botox. It's not really, it's really not a big deal, but you know, I'm an analyst and I do like to think about like what the why with everything. And I don't know, like I got it once I couldn't move my fucking eyebrows and it was annoying. Um, <laughs> I will get it again. Like I know I will down the line, but I don't think there's anything wrong with like waiting. And also women, my, my friend Madeline Ford, who is a model, she has a pretty big following on TikTok. She made a video yesterday that really applies to this conversation where it's like women's beauty is currency in the world. And for some reason, like that beauty and power expires when you turn whatever, 30, 40, I don't know what it is anymore. But like men look forward to aging and there's like, it's a completely different reaction for men where it's like salt and pepper hair, like silver falls. Yeah. Like these signs of aging with men are celebrated and praised as like milestones and with women, <clears throat> excuse me, with women, it's not, it is not like that. It's like, you're running from that and people are telling you to run from that. And I hate, I really hate that. Mm -hmm. Um, and look, I'm, I don't think that I would consider myself a hot girl, like maybe a cute girl, but like all these, all these like procedures and stuff, I feel like are to look hotter and I don't want to look hotter personally. Mm -hmm. Like I've mm -hmm. never been a hot girl. Um, and I don't want to be, that's just not my, it's not my look. It doesn't work with my style. So I don't know, like there's something, I don't know, interesting about those differences. And I'll be the first to admit, like, 
I'm a cute girl, not a hot girl. Like that's just the way it is. It's not self-deprecating. It's just, that's what it is. And I don't know, like the, the thought of trying to look hotter is not ever something like I've wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, I do get it. Of course, like Mm -hmm. it's the beauty standard, but I don't know for, for me, I've just been always like, okay with being cute and not hot or sexy. I do think that there are differences. Mm. Like, and you've just got me like, think you're going to have to do some videos basically, but, um, cute girl versus hot girl. It's so interesting because there will also be others. Cause I'm, you're saying that. And I'm like, what am I? Because I feel like at different times in my life, maybe I've been different types. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and there may be more to come. Do you know what I mean? Yes. For sure. Um, it's so fascinating talking to you. I'm like, I want to go this way, but I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Let me go back a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've probably derailed. Too no, it's cool. it's cool. This is why I'm so happy that you're on the show, really. Um, but I just want to go back a little bit. Obviously, you've talked about, you know, growing up with acne, but I wanted to go further back because you, you, do, you are an analyst, so you're clearly someone that's paying attention to everything that goes on around you. But when you were much younger, do you know if there was a time when you noticed that beauty was this thing out there, whether it's through makeup or seeing somebody on TV? Like, what was it for you? So, man, like, I'm just going to go with my what my brain goes to first. I'm sure there's an earlier answer for this. But when you ask me that question, what resonates to me is... Um, and I'm very lucky to have this experience. I think it would be really, really different if I grew up in different scenes. But when I was uh, like a preteen and teenager, all I cared about was music. That is all I cared about. I needed to be at anything I could be at. Like my friends and I were driving around like with our friends who just got their license, who were great above us, um, like going to different like shows. So I grew up in the punk scene and I was exposed to a different type of beauty than what you would see in, you know, magazines, not drastically different, obviously, but the style was definitely different. Like the fashion was different, even like the way you'd style your hair, like the scene girl, like indie emo girls is what I considered to be like aspirational. And of course, like I've always been into fashion. I've always paid attention to it, but in like my life, what I was actually exposed to the people I was around the energy and atmosphere, that was what it was. And I think I've always carried that with me. And I didn't really like, I had stayed in the scene until, um, you know, I graduated college. So almost a decade really. So that was really what I was around. And I don't know, like, I think having that as one of your first like standards of beauty and what you consider aspirational, not being, I guess, like super mainstream, I think has really helped me like long-term. If I grew up with Instagram and TikTok, hell fucking no. Like, see, <laughs> this I think about this all the time because I don't know I don't would know. You if I would you think? <laughs> oh, hell no. Oh, I feel bad for like, I literally every day I wonder, cause like, you know, it's time to think about egg freezing. It's time to think about like fertility for me. And every day I, I think I want to have kids less and less because 
they have no fucking chance anymore. Like the self-esteem issues are, you are born into it essentially with the way culture and society is now. And I know it's naive to think that like my experience, I was void of that. That's not true. Of course, there were influences, bad influences, like unattainable things, but I don't think that my connection with the internet as a teen was prominent enough to mess me up like that. We talk about later on, like when I was, uh, you know, late teens, yeah, I was on the eating disorder side of Tumblr. That's a story for a different day. I would actually prefer that than what is happening now. Oh, I think I it was really would. balanced, maybe. Maybe that's not the right word, but I feel like things are very much one way these days. And Yeah. Well, that's it's crazy to me because I see people like reminiscing about the Tumblr era, kids who are much younger than me, and they're like, I hope we never go back there. Like it was so bad, and I'm like, were, were you actually there? Because what? I would, you I could would... just scroll and enjoy like beautiful things, imagery, people's essays. Yeah, but even if you found yourself, again, this is just my experience. But even if you found yourself on like the eating disorder pro Anna side of Tumblr, you had you had to purposely want to be there like it's not like scrolling tiktok where every face you see yeah. is stunning gorgeous like perfection skinny like that the algorithm favors that and you will be served those videos no matter what no matter what and i get i guess like my you know rendezvous on dark sides of tumblr is because i was looking for it i had to dig for that now it's like you are bombarded without choice. Um, well, even young children, anyone that's got a phone, if, if someone gives their eight-year-old child a phone, you can't guarantee what's gonna what's not going to pop on pop up on there yeah. for them to no, consume without choice. Totally. It's so fascinating to me because when you were talking earlier about being the cute girl, I'm like, I wonder if that started with you being into, you know, the kind of music that you were in was that like, do you think we can kind of steer ourselves in a direction because we don't want to go in the, the hot girl direction or whatever you might have thought it was back then or really like I have never dressed sexy ever, even as like a teen. I remember like my first Halloween, I must, I mean like maybe I was 14 or 15. All my friends were like, getting costumes at Spencer's because, um, you know, they had the little sexy like costumes in a bag. And I was like, hell fucking no, I am not doing this. Like I've always dressed on the modest side. And this is not to say like I'm void of sexual energy. That's really not the case, but I prefer that to be not how I appear. I don't know. Like it's not, I've, I don't know what it is, but like, I've never really had the desire to like feel sexy in public spaces or mm -hmm. to the world. It's never been important to me for some reason. And actually it's, it's weird, but I think a lot of TikTokers will feel the same way. I am pretty introverted, like in my regular life, like I actually really don't like and I do mean this in earnest, even though it kind of goes against like having a platform, but I don't love attention. Um, mm -hmm. I really don't. It makes me very uncomfortable um, 
I guess depending on what kind of attention, but like male attention, especially I have never really, I've really never given a shit. And I don't know. It's always made me uncomfortable, but yeah, I think for sure, like the combination of being a little bit rebellious and stubborn and the scenes I grew up in certainly have molded that for me. And I'm happy. I really am like, I'm grateful for that because many, most people I think chase beauty as a part-time job, especially people on the internet. And although some days I wake up and I'm like, I'm a troll, um, especially during fashion week, I think like, Oh, you know, it's, it is hard. Um, sometimes. And I think that goes for everyone. Even if you are like the prettiest, most successful person, like coming off of fashion week just makes you feel like depressed. But I I am happy, I guess that those days are very few and far between for me. Like it is what it is. I take care of my skin. Like I try not to place value on my looks and like somebody actually on that video that I stitched of you, somebody commented, um, those lyrics, don't tell me that you model if you ain't ever been in vogue. And I was just sitting there and thinking, I mean, I don't model, but I've been in vogue seven times. So I don't know what that means. Um, you don't need to be a model to get into vogue. Uh, no, no. I'm on my seventh feature. Um, still not a model. I just am smart. So I always have that to fall back on too, I guess. And I know that, you know, all my success pretty much has been because I've been smart and not the way that I look necessarily. Of course, I have many privileges that, um, like help get me noticed and probably get me onto the algorithm. Like I'm white, I'm relatively thin, like I'm probably, I'm not hideous, I guess, but you know, like it's never, I don't think my beauty has propelled me forward in my career (laughs) than my, my brain and what I have to say. Um, so that makes me feel happy. I wish that you'd been around a long time ago because so many things that you're saying, I think I threw myself into music as a way of like avoiding a lot of things. You can kind of escape into music. Mm -hmm. You can, not everybody would necessarily have videos for music. So you could be a lot more imaginative. And I always had issues growing up. I felt very, very ugly. And then it was like, when I turned 18, suddenly, actually it was younger than that, suddenly men were looking at me and I was like, I really, I'm just walking. It was actually when I first went to New York. I went, really? <clears throat> yeah, and I was walking around and I had like a vest and a skirt on, like a flowy skirt. And there were these guys playing basketball and one was like, look at that ass. And I was mortified. Oh. Like, wanted to die, wanted to die because my family was there, wanted to die because I was just like, why is he singling me out? And I remember I started wearing, like, hoodies, baseball caps to add to myself, you know, like, just kind of hide away. And it's it's weird because as you get older, you still, you know, I do love beauty. I love makeup. I love playing with my hair. I only cut my hair off, like, maybe three months ago. It looks so I good. Love the <laughs> I love the experimentation side, but 
there's a side of it I'm like no I'm not doing it to get you. I, I don't need your attention I, I'm I'm married and even if I wasn't married I would not be courting it I wouldn't be looking for it but I know if, if men were listening to this they'd be like whatever it's all for the male gaze and it's 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 I wish they would realize it's so off-putting I'm not saying that all men are the same I'm just saying that really affected me and even today my husband will say oh you should you should wear this you look so good in this and I'll be like cool but I'll put a jacket on like um mm-hmm. I think you did a recent TikTok about the green army jackets mm-hmm. yes that was my go-to because it's nice and big and bulky and, and it covers like, your butt mm-hmm. I love it right. <laughs> yeah but he's like but you're just covering everything up and I'm just like Ugh. Mm-hmm. blame your blame your brothers you know yeah, right? <laughs> that's, that's the story of my life I dress modest um not not I wouldn't say like strictly modest I would say modest adjacent but yeah it helps those in those situations it doesn't not completely of course because men will call you if you're wearing a sack um but it it is this added layer of like protection that I feel bike shorts are my best friend because you know if you live in the city you'd never know when like a gust of wind will come um so those little tricks I think have made me definitely like I totally I totally understand what you're saying Um, it's fucking gross so let's move into right now I can't remember how I found you oh well, maybe I read about you in Vogue. I absolutely know it was <laughs> the Vogue or L. I definitely read about oh, you. Oh, cool. And I loved your name, Old Loser in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> this person. You stuck with it now. <laughs> but I love it because, I mean, does it mean anything? Look, I, it's just cool to me. I love it. And I like how you state a point. You're quite clear with what each TikTok is about. Um... And I just find it interesting when I see someone like you because I feel like you put a lot of information in. And I just wanted to know kind of what led you to actually creating a platform there? Because obviously you say you're quite an introvert, you already write and you were doing it for a living, like analyzing trends. What made you think I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to state things and share information? So I joined TikTok um, during lockdown, I think like a lot of people, that's where the username comes from. Cause I never thought I'd post now I'm stuck with it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I watched the beauty space start to, um, evolve over the last, I guess, two years. Um, I started making fashion content in like February of 2021. So like a year and a half ago and what was going on at the time was a lot of like trends I hate videos. Like, this is what I hate about fashion. This is what I hate about current like clothes. Like a lot of hateful, like like really shallow videos. And I wasn't seeing anybody talking about fashion critically. Um, and it really bothered me because, you know, I think a lot of people open their mouth and say whatever they want because they can. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it's really, it's actually really harmed trend forecasting on TikTok in general because you have a bunch of amateurs who are just 
to be honest, regurgitating things that I've said a year ago where it's like, you are late to this because you don't know what you're talking about and you're hearing things over and over again. And they're, they're molding your viewpoint, but you know, it's not an original like researched idea. It's being plagiarized. Honestly, there's this one creator who like literally like ripped off one of my videos, like from over a year ago. Um, and people ate it up. Like people ate it up. They don't care. You know, they don't care who's first. They care who goes, you know, who goes viral and has that power. Mm -hmm. So, you know, respect because that's how you play the game. But yeah, I, it's, it's actually really rare that I share my research and my trend forecasting now because it's just going to get ripped off. Um, and I really don't like that. Um, so I stick to more research, um, that exists. I will talk about things that are already kind of happening and put meaning behind them. Um, yeah. And also another thing is because the trend forecasts that I used to do were real forecasts. They sound unbelievable to people who may not have that, you know, scope, it, it does sometimes things sound unbelievable. Like a year ago when I predicted indie sleeves would become the way that, or the direction fashion is moving into, I got so many fucking hate comments. Like this will never happen. You don't know what you're talking about. Your job is a joke. Um, the list goes on. And now, you know, a year later, people are still hitting me up for interviews about it. Like I just did an interview with spin about an, indie sleaze yesterday like people still want to talk about it they want to you know because it's happening it's happening it's happening and yeah it's not a fun experience and you know even though i'm right it's not you know it comes with a lot of negative factors too like getting yelled at and belittle and people making fun of your job um and I don't know, trend forecasting ironically has become a trend in and of itself on TikTok. And <laughs> it is, uh, I don't know, a lot of it is, uh, it's amateur hour. Um, and of course, like the average person probably enjoys that content because um, it's entertaining and it's fun. But I am a little bitter about it because it's, it's you know, diluted you know, the thing that I've done for the last seven years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag of, of feelings, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I guess to go back to your original question, the reason I started doing this and doing the style that I do and I've kept, like I haven't changed my, uh, my style really since I started, um, is because I didn't like the lack of, research and lack of like cultural context and history when it came to fashion context. context is my favorite word but unfortunately i just don't think a lot of people want context i i, I really wanted to ask you how do you cope when you do the work and it, i think it's a huge shame that you are having to lean away from the actual what you would love to share because obviously people are stealing it but you know, you know, the other day you posted the Caperni video and how everyone's going referencing Alexander McQueen and 
I just liked how you were like, where is the, almost like, where's the conversation? It's okay to be new. When did new become like, it's almost like a, a negative thing, but things have to be new. And I think I commented on one of them. There's, there's not that many new ideas anyway. Let's be real because when you wake up, especially in this day and age, you are constantly influenced. You won't even realize it. I once had a conversation with a friend who's a photographer and a makeup artist. And I was saying, I don't think anyone can say they're not influenced by something. And she was like, yes, I can because I was like, from when you were a child, you could have seen this Mickey Mouse advertising billboards, MTV, whatever you want to call it. It's like going into your head, you're consuming it and it may well affect an image that you produce or a song that you write. I feel like the main thing is how you do something. I don't think you have to be first. I think it's how you apply yourself to it. Mm -hmm. And it's gutting when you are first and somebody else can be like, oh, I'm going to condense that and I'm going to sell it. Do you know what I mean? For myself. But how do you deal with people that are so dogmatic? Like, no, that's wrong. No, what, whatever you're saying, there's, I always feel like, and I'm very new to TikTok, but I noticed there's, there are some people that come to talk and there are some people that come to tell you, you are wrong. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I, it's taken a lot of practice. It really has. Like, I remember one of the first videos I posted, I was like clapping back at every rude comment. And I look <laughs> back on that now and I just laugh. Like it's, <laughs> There's no time. I had the time when that, when I, you know, <laughs> when I first went viral, cause it's like you're sitting on your phone having an anxiety attack, um, being like, what the hell is happening? Um, and still now it is like, it is really unbelievable to visualize like a million people seeing your videos, like half a million people following you. Like it, it's really, it's really hard to visualize that. And so I just don't, I really like, it, it's all numbers. It, it, a lot of it's like pretty meaningless. Um, and people also forget, you know what I mean? Like I do not want to appeal to the lowest common denominator. I make my videos with the intention that there's some comprehension skills. You're not going to watch my videos if you like, don't want to think that day. And that's fine because some days I go on the internet and I don't want to think I want to watch cute baby animals. Like, and that's about it. So totally get that. But I make my videos like about a minute long because you need to, you are forced to watch it. And at that point it's like, okay, you're, you can, you know, let's, let's go. Like, let's talk about it. Um, and I've had some really great conversations and, you know, there's been better, there's been more great conversations than shitty ones. I don't know. I really hate to say that it's become something I'm kind of numb to, but you know, when you get like crazy, like ritualistic hate because you've said something that people can't believe, um, because their point of reference is limited um, it doesn't really, it's really hard for that to, to bother a person, especially with, and now, especially I have the satisfaction of having receipts of being right many, many times. And it's <laughs> not really, that's not really what drives me to make 
my videos is to have like a gotcha I told you so moment. But at this point, like I, if people know who I am on TikTok, they, they know, they know what I do. They, they, they know. Um, a couple of months ago, there's this like, this Reddit page popped up about like New York City influencers. And I really wouldn't consider myself an influencer. And a lot of the stuff, I, I mean, I had to delete the app after like looking at it for a week because it's really depressing to read. Um, because a lot of people are insane, like the accusations and not uh, about you. There, there was, so, but the most, most of the stuff about me was people being like kind of nice to me and like recommending me as people that they like. So that felt really good. Mm -hmm. It really did. Cause I try to keep the interest of like certain, like things that are important, like sustainability is important to me. Like shopping with intention is important to me. And I always try even though I talk about trends, it's not black and like, it's not black and white. Like I can explain a trend, why it's happening, the references, um, how it fits into like culture today without telling you, you have to go buy it that I have never, ever said that I never will say that there are a lot of trends that I talk about that I don't like personally that I would never wear. Um, but that's okay. Like your people need to really, I mean, really lighten up a little bit because you can talk about something without like encouraging the consumption of it. You can criticize something without being a cunt about it. Like, I mean, I've been, I, I have, there have been times, especially with the Kardashians that I have been a little bit rude. Um, and I'll admit that, but you know what? Fuck, who the fuck cares? Like, there, there are so many think pieces about the Kardashians out there that are way more brutal than what I can come up with. But, you know, I try to keep it pretty civil. Um, and honestly, like the hate comments, I just, it, it, there, some of them I actually really do appreciate. Like I, I, one time a couple of months ago, um, I went, or I got Alexander McQueen invited me to their show and I was with a couple TikTokers. So we did like, a little TikTok dance. And in the caption, I wrote, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wrote something about like the, the dolls all together. And I didn't know that doll was an exclusive term for uh, trans folks. And, you know, as soon as I posted it, I got like a comment right away where it's like, why are you using this word? Like, that's not for you. And I was like, holy shit. I did not know that. And thank God somebody told me because, that was a, I mean, you know, maybe I was a fucking idiot for not knowing that, but that I genuinely didn't know that that was, um, like a word specific for the trans community and I don't have any business using it. Um, those are the comments. I really appreciate that because not only did I learn something, but I re like, I re uploaded the video with a different caption and like learned from my mistakes. So I act, I really do value the critiques when they come from a good place. Um, mm -hmm. because you know, again, it takes practice, but you, you can, you do eventually learn like what is being said with good intentions and what's being said to like, make you feel bad and troll you. 
And in those cases, I'm a big fan of the block button. I really am. I, I use it without hesitation and I do not look back. And also like, I've seen some really nasty comments in other people's comments section. I'll preventatively block. Like if you've said some crazy out of pocket stuff in someone else's comments, let me save myself the time and block you right now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I, I would really recommend that. <laughs> I haven't blocked yet, but I, I came really close today only because I'm so happy to talk with you if we are going to swap opinions or knowledge or whatever, but when it's just, you're wrong using sarcasm and I, I can't, there's not much else I can say back. So I would rather re retreat. And when I retreat, the person's still like, bam, bam, bam. And I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, I, I actually was thinking I could either give you my email address and you can really just like send me everything you want to say. Or I could block you. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. People it's don't quite hard to talk to and pro. Because you don't get enough letters. <laughs> it, it is. But also, like, most people who are, like, online to just say you're wrong don't have intentions of having a conversation. And, you know, that's fine. But most of the time, they don't know what they're talking about. So they can't engage in discussion because they feel like you're right or they're right you're wrong and don't know how to back it up that's what i'm saying I, I i think when i was trying to be reasonable i was like look a conversation is where we both share but when one of us is dead set on being right by making the other one wrong not by not by being right by making the other person wrong there's just nowhere for us to go really so Let's just leave yeah. it, you know, go somewhere else on the internet. I mean, yeah, it's so weird actually, because the video I stitched from you, I was actually expecting a way harsher reaction from people because people are very protective of Bella. Like people are upset, obsessed with her to a frightening degree. But I would, I actually would say the majority of comments I got were agreeing with me and um you know the ones that weren't were like you know talking within their own little thread um you should see my comment i actually will delete entire threads if they become really nasty yeah because it's like stop like you're in my mentions like i don't want to see this um but this example there was actually some good discussion it was like a 60 comment long thread of these two going back and forth about like about nepotism because obviously nepotism plays a huge role in the modeling industry and a lot of top models today are nepotism babies like a well I only, learned that, I only learned that through the video i'm not gonna lie i only learned that through the video the amount of people telling me nepo babies nepo babies and i was like this sounds so cute but obviously yeah. i know what they're saying but i was like it just sounds cute to me but the love for bella in my comments is unreal people are just die hard there's some but she paid for her face and like regardless she did she that like they really believe it to the point where i said mm -hmm. i will do a bella video i promise <laughs> i'm gonna do a yeah. whole video dedicated because she is fascinating to me, but I, you know, I do think supermodels of the 90s is a very, very different thing. It's 
didn't have social media, didn't seem to do all the work on their faces, but you know, could be wrong. It's just, it's like, it's just comparing two very different things. And yeah, but um, I agreed with you because I do think the term has lost relevancy entirely. And I think it, I actually think it died in the late 2000s, early 2010s. I really do. Like I consider that photo of Steven Meisel, the last, the last of the era. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, But yeah, I don't know. That didn't, some people were confused um, and thought that I meant only that era was the supermodel era, but I was very clear where I was like, it ends here. Yeah. So there was some upset about that, but it's like, I mean, fight amongst yourselves. I I, I got so many people saying, I can't believe you didn't mention Kate Moss. And I was like, I literally do. If you want, but maybe it's a bit too long for you, but I do mention her and look, she's also on my page. The whole thing about her, like, come on. Here's the thing though. I, I actually think that Bella is a great model. She is the face of models right now. Um, I just don't think she's a supermodel because I don't think anybody who has come up in the last 10 years is a supermodel. I just Mm -hmm. don't think that like, it exists anymore because she's not just a model. She's a, she's a social media star and a model and a, like, you know, she basically signed the signed on the dotted line the day she was born or her mother did. Like they were intended to have this path from birth basically. Like, and, and another one that I keep, seeing who's become quite the it girl this season is Amelia Gray. Um, she's Lisa, I, Lisa something, I think a real housewives lady, um, her daughter. Oh, not Lisa Rinna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Is she getting up there? Amelia? Yeah. yeah, she was, she was everywhere this season. She walked Balenciaga. Um, okay. Yeah. She walked a lot of shows this she walked diesel um and people are like really getting into her so i would say she's probably like gonna be the next it girl nepo model of the moment but again like she's she's gonna be a social media star before she becomes a top model and i i Mm -hmm. think it's it's really hard for that status to be achieved now because you can't you can't get to Bella's degree without the internet. You just can't. It's just. And some would say without surgery, because obviously a lot of people talk about how different she looks. I mean, I, I think she is stunning. She's otherworldly stunning to me, which could also imply that that's because she doesn't look anything like she may have looked if she hadn't had any kind of surgeries to her face. So there's, I feel like there's her background, there's the financial side, which allowed her to get surgeries, there's social media. And so many people in the comments were saying she's also very open about mental health. And I think they feel a real connection that maybe people didn't have with supermodels because they couldn't. Right. It's literally catwalk or magazine. Yeah. I mean, to me, though, I think that air of mystery was part of it. And you cannot that is not possible anymore. 
Not at that level anyway. It's just not. You you can find out what you want to know about these girls if you do enough digging. Back in the day, you might not have even known one of your favorites' name. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I remember, like, around that time in, like, 2007, 2008, that's when I was really getting into fashion for the first time. And a lot of the images I saw of like models and looks were from, were coming from like the early, early days of Tumblr. And you had to work to figure out people's names if they, if they didn't disclose them. Mm -hmm. And that to me, this is like a separate conversation, but to me that is so valuable. And I don't think that people have that skill anymore where they're going to take the time to do their own research, to figure it out. Instead, it's like you're gatekeeping. If you don't tell me everything I want to know at this very moment. And it's like, what is the rush? Like, what is the rush to know right this second? And what is stopping you from figuring it out yourself? Like some of the most valuable and fun experiences I have with fashion are because I was so set on figuring something out that I, you know, got sidetracked for two weeks and learned about this different thing or that different thing. And yeah, I don't know, like things are so so different and I don't want to sound like, you know, old man yelling at sky, (laughs) but some, some of the, you know, the things that made access to information difficult, I find to be really valuable now because I wouldn't, there's no way I would be where I am without, that struggle, like without figuring it out on my own. That's people, not even fun. This is crazy. This is crazy too, because people will get pissed off at vintage dealers for not giving their sources away. And I'm like, do you, do you hear yourself? Do you, and, and the fact that you don't know why they wouldn't do that, it says enough. It says enough. You don't, you don't know the basics about the industry. You don't know the basics about the question you're asking and getting mad about, like take some time to do your own learning and then come back. Like, I don't know. One Wikipedia article is not going to make you an expert, but it will, it it is a step. People don't even want to take that. Like it, it drives me insane. It really like, and you know, my page is in an effort to help democratize fashion and make it more accessible. But, you know, I'm not a G- like, I don't know everything. I don't know everything. You don't pretend to know everything. Do you know what I mean? But you're likely to be willing to put the effort in to find out. It's right. like, right. I get this. So it's the same as a photographer. Somebody will be like, what camera did you use? What, where did you get that background from? Even if I told you the camera, the exact settings, the background, the makeup on the model, you're not going to take the same picture. So, hey, how about this? Go and have fun. Like, just go buy the camera and go and play with it. And you will learn it. And that will be so invaluable. And um, Maybe it just depends on the type of person you are. But I love I love to read. I love to research. Yeah, me too. I would love to go away and just research a book for six months. Like, I would love that. But I think we're just used to fast everything now. Immediate responses, immediate text responses immediate information immediate food i mean there's no like for some people there's no joy in like discovery maybe i don't know yeah no for real 
I don't know. Like, it just, I don't know. I just think sometimes, like, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I am so grateful to be where I am today, to have the platform I have. But, oh my God, I am so glad I did not grow up with TikTok and Instagram. I really, like... I can't, I am just so curious too, because obviously I'm forward, I'm forward thinking. Um, it's my, it's literally my job to be forward thinking and I cannot wait. And I'm also terrified when this happens to figure out like the research of how social media has like reprogrammed and reshaped the brains of teens who grew up with it and don't know anything else. Cause like, I remember I remember very clearly when there was no social media and, you know, it all happened when I was in like middle school. Um, and for me, that was the, the perfect time that it gets, that it starts getting introduced and, you know, it wasn't taken that seriously until I was definitely in college. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I grew up in that specific era because, oh my, like, I just, I just know I'd be a totally different person. Like, you think you'd look different? I think I'd look different. I think I'd have different ideas and values and thoughts. And like, maybe I'm the person who gets mad when somebody doesn't tell me where their thrifted shirt is from. Maybe that would be me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I do. It does keep me up at night sometimes thinking about like, what social media is doing to people's brains and like the long-term differences that people will have between the different generations. Like Mm -hmm. there's already like tension with Gen Z and millennials. I think Um, most of it's really stupid and arbitrary, but I, I, I really feel like that could become like an issue in the Mm -hmm. future because of like, resentment in ways like I don't know what from both as a millennial well like also as a millennial like there's sort of resentment to boomers and stuff for fucking up the economy and you know being able to buy a house for like I don't know $14 and a chicken (laughs) or something like (laughs) not really but you know it's like it's well my parents bought their first house for 30,000 pounds yeah I think I think my parents did too back in the day. And now it's like, you know, will I even ever own a house? Like you guys screwed up the economy so much, but that it's like, it's probably irreversible at this point. But yeah, I don't know. Like that tension, like I've seen some videos too of, of Gen Z people talking about their like resentment towards growing up with socials and, iPad kids and, you know, Mm. as like a distraction from like when you're, you know, three years old and I don't know, it scares me. It, it really scares me. And it's when I see a parent give, but then I don't want to come off like I'm judging. I have no intention of having children. I don't have any, but I can't lie. I I get a little bit sad if I see a baby with an iPad while the, the mum's chatting, but who am I? The mum probably doesn't get any sleep. I, I get it. But I just worry that that little baby's so cool with you being, you know, touching and swiping and... Yeah. I guess 
you know, the met, don't even get me started on the metaverse, you know. I'm a bit oh, of a... Yeah, I mean... Scared. <laughs> That's another episode, maybe, but um, and I don't want to take all of your time. But I'm in full denial that that's <laughs> final question. Tell me when you feel you know you're most you in the best way. This happens like a couple times a year. It'll still be dark out, like five thirty a.m., and it's quiet, and I'm my partner's asleep, my dog's still asleep, and it's just me and I feel like I shouldn't have started my day yet so I don't treat it like I've started my day I just am like still and calm and I don't know like I don't plan those days out obviously because sometimes my body's just like you're awake now and you're not going back to sleep and I don't know I have to say I really do enjoy those those days when it happens because it's like a pleasant surprise and It'll just be really slow, nice mornings with like coffee and watching like the sun come up. Thank you so much for listening to my chat with Mandy Lee, aka Old Loser in Brooklyn. What did you think? I loved Mandy and honestly, I think I could go on talking to her for a really long time. It's just so good to talk to somebody who has knowledge of trends, but also what's behind them. And there's just a little bit more context there. Did you think the chat was interesting? Are you into trends? Did it make you think about whether you might be the cute girl, the hot girl, the hot boy, or something entirely different? Let me know. In the meantime, be sure to check Mandy out on Instagram and TikTok at Old Loser in Brooklyn. And don't forget, there's a Beauty Me newsletter too. You can sign up for free at beautymenotes.substack.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you. See you next time. <laughs>